0: Russia, COVID, inflation, oh my. Russia, COVID, inflation, oh my. Russia, COVID, inflation, oh my. Hello from the least woke man in America. Welcome to our January 23rd episode. You know, what is leastwoke.com? It is a, it's like an oasis. It's like a Garden of Eden. If you're the type of person who within the last seven days did not think about climate change, did not think about what pronouns you're supposed to be using, uh, did not think about what an awful person you are for what you you own and because you're not oppressed and because you're not in jail, so somehow you're the bad guy. You are at the right place. You are at leastwoke.com, and you are listening to The Least Woke Man in America. So let's start with Russia. Um. A lot of you are probably wondering what the real story with this is. It's so common when you see a situation like this, especially when and I've, and I've been putting a lot of thought into this. We have been so long, maybe since World War II. I, I, I agree with a lot of the talking heads who've been on cable discussing this. Maybe 70 or 80 years since we've seen two large conventional armies on the other side. Excuse me, on each side of the border, digging trenches ready to go to war. It's been a long time since we've seen that. Um, You can talk about the first Iraq war when the U.S. had approximately 500,000 troops in Saudi Arabia. And then at the time, Iraq's army was considered the fourth or fifth biggest army in the world. But that really never amounted to anything. Just an incredible amount of U.S. air power along with how inadequate... The Iraqi troops were trained and how inadequate their equipment was, which most of it was former Soviet equipment built in a communist country where there's no profit motive, which of course destroys so much innovation that takes place. But that's a whole different story we won't get into right now. Um, But of course, many times we will in the future. But so no one's seen this in a long time. Most living Americans have not seen this. It's been mainly excursions. I mean, I don't want to downplay the Afghanistan War, the Vietnam War, but to have two major mechanized armies facing each other has been a long time. So in that, where I'm going with this is you could almost start to think, well, it's not possible just because no, uh, so few living people around the world have experienced that. But it is possible. And if we, we say it's not possible... Then we are getting caught up in the Oprah, New Age, John Kerry, Barack Obama paradigm that that type of stuff doesn't happen anymore and that human beings are not capable of it. And then we are in very dangerous territory. Where I'm talking about, do you remember when, uh, 2014, it's been that long since uh, Russia invaded the Crimea? It's amazing. Two things. One, how fast time goes. I know everybody always talks about that, but how long Vladimir Putin has been in power over there is just incredible. It's over 20 years now. So Russia, (laughs) I, I, sorry, whatever. I know, you know, Barack Obama in in many circles, uh, including among, among supposed moderate Democrats, he's just on a whole different level as far as anointing. And that a white parted hair male like myself is supposed to walk on eggshells when discussing him. But that's not going to happen here. So Barack Obama famously said, uh, someone needs to tell Russia uh, the 20th century needs its foreign policy back. Does anybody remember that? John Kerry uh, also had a quote, both alluding to the idea that somehow calendar changes and God bless him, the late, great Charles Krauthammer he had a field day with us night after night on the Fox News panel that somehow a changing of a calendar affects thousands of years of human nature. And I thought about that kind of overlaps with climate change, which is amazing. These are the most open-minded people in the history of planet Earth. Well, to me, having an open mind, part of that is you take the grand... Penelope of all of human history into context when thinking about history, politics, economics everything you take the whole human story by saying the human story I I, I alone sound like somebody from NPR right now and so t- to think our little sliver of real estate in contemporary times is this new bold different, way of going about different things, like almost like we're different species compared to our ancestors. To me, that's small-minded. I-, I know you're not even supposed to go there when it comes to especially talking to someone like Barack Obama. But to me, that's small, I mean, it's like, okay, our little sliver in history is that much different. There can't be thousands or millions of people killed anymore because we have smartphones and satellites and outer space, and microwaves, and Amazon, and Uber. So that was the prevailing theme back then. Okay, so seven or seven years ago, uh, going on eight years, 2014. And it was frightening then, and it's frightening now. Of course, Obama got done being president, and then we moved on to Donald Trump. Where, but uh, so of course, this wouldn't happen under Donald Trump because Russia got Donald Trump elected. Of course, tongue in cheek, after years into the Trump presidency, tens of millions of dollars of taxpayer money wasted. It was absolutely concluded among anybody with any type of objective brain in their head including, to their credit, a lot of open-minded Democrats, the ones who truly are truth-seeking, there was nothing there. Not only was there nothing there as far as Russia getting him elected, there's nothing there as far as Putin really picked up no real estate under Trump. Okay, he did under Obama, and it looks like he is going to again under Biden. And now let's talk about what's going on right now as far as Russia and Ukraine. Well, I have scoured around right-wing, left-wing news sources over the last two or three days, trying to get to the bottom of this, I was just trying to see if there's anything out there besides the normal prevailing themes as far as the motivations for Vladimir Putin. Because what I've learned over the years, and sometimes in situations like this, you'll, you'll hear all the redundancy as far as all the media sources, left, right, in the middle, will be saying the same things, which is kind of the case here. But then there'll be some retired general or CIA agent on Fox News or somewhere. And I'm not talking about some crazy conspiracy thing, but they'll have a different viewpoint as far as the real motives, the real intentions, what's really going on. And you're like, wow, I never thought about it that way. Uh, for example, I remember, uh, I think General Keane from Fox News, I heard years ago say, one of the reasons China really doesn't help with the North Korea situation, because China lives in a perpetual paranoia, like any wackos, not to, not the Chinese people, but the CCP, that they're about to be attacked. So they see the North Korean million-man army uh, as like a the first line of defense, because they kind of own North Korea. They will throw North Korea's army at the enemy, whoever attacks them first, before they even get to their own soldiers. So, hence, China's lack of cooperation with the North Korea situation. I never thought about that way. But in this situation, it seems to be the normal, all the prevailing themes are right. First, you have the kind of uh, megalomaniac maniac ego part of Putin that um, wants... Ukraine to be part of the Russia he has the you know he has the delusions of the former Soviet Union and how big it was and you know obviously it was 14 countries and it also had massive control over the Eastern Bloc Warsaw Pact countries Poland Romania Bulgaria Hungary etc there's more than that but you know you know what I'm saying if anybody's a student of history the 80s or the Cold War So he wants to return to that. He sees Ukraine as kind of a buffer state because it's not part of NATO yet. He thinks NATO is encroaching on him. That's one part of it. The other part of it is that Western Ukraine especially is very pro-European, very pro-American. Eastern Ukraine is more Russian influence, especially the far eastern part, which is now controlled by Russian separatists he does not like any totalitarian like Trump was supposedly, uh, according to everybody on CNN, since he's a totalitarian, he does not like um, the idea that Russian people might be exposed to a free society like it is in Western Ukraine. So he sees that as a threat. Uh, So it's the combination of NATO being too close, Western Ukraine being too pro-American, pro-European could be a threat. And the other part of this is and this is always the case with situations like this, these countries, these less than impressive countries, and here's a very important thing to take away from us as far as less less than impressive. Did you know the GDP of California, Texas, and New York, individually, not combined, but the GDP of those three states is greater than the GDP of Russia with 140 million people. I believe the Population of New York State is approximately 18 million people. Russia population 140 million has a lower GDP in New York State. Where I'm going with it, all this is so obviously their GDP per capita is nothing to brag about. Even though I consider Russians overall smart people, I don't know what the problem is over there. Uh, but and so uh, it's not a great lifestyle over there. It's still better than it was under the communist. And when. When you're not making, uh, when you're not knocking the cover off the ball economically, one of the ways to rouse your people is to start a war or threaten a war or create a fake enemy, in this case, the West and NATO, and they're always picking on the poor Russians and they're always picking on poor Putin. And so you put 100,000 troops at the Ukrainian border because we're really going to show the West who's in charge this time. So there's that part of it as well. So that seems to be the prevailing theme. NATO, uh, the threat of the Western Ukraine, um, the rallying his own people, delusions of the former Soviet Union, which is never going to come to pass. I mean, the member states of NATO, even some of the small countries, Lithuania, Latvia, Estonia, all of them have populations of 2 or 3 million people, but they're part of NATO now, so if they are ever attacked, there's either one two things that happen NATO lives up to its charter and attacks Russia back or NATO disintegrates because the that's the idea of NATO is that one country is attacked it's considered everyone being attacked so um that that's what's going on and as much as we it should blame Biden for all this and I'll get to that in a second um don't buy into the idea you know Putin has this uh, magical way he has created the idea the, the tough, emotionalist, confident, strong man in Russia who, while the Western countries tiptoe around and he's the big alpha in the room and the rest of us are all a bunch of nice guys worried about climate change and pronouns and transgender but he's the man's man and yada yada and so of course um, could the West use a little bit more of his masculinity? Of course but you can get look at all that and get caught up in it and but he has masterfully created that image but there's some serious flaws in all that and one of them is that he could possibly overplay his hand in this entire situation i know given biden's dementia incompetence and just just what a train wreck his presidency in this country is right now it's easy to make the case Putin's the tough guy, Biden's the idiot, Putin's going to take over Ukraine, no one's going to do anything about it, and it's going to be one more big mess like Afghanistan for Biden. Could all that play out? Absolutely. But what I'm trying to say is, if Putin has moved 100,000 troops to the Russia-Ukraine border. The Russian people know that, and they're probably going to add more troops. He has to come back with something after doing this. If you get to March, when everything, it turns muddy over there. The reason why everybody's on edge right now is because this is the frozen months. January into February. Everything's frozen. It's easier to move the tanks and equipment, troops. You get into March, I can relate to it, living in upstate New York. It becomes a big mud pit over there. And it's very hard to move everything. So he has to do something. He has to do something soon. He has to, and he has to come back to Russia with something. Either taking over Ukraine or what I think is going to happen in the western part of Ukraine or excuse me the eastern part of Ukraine or a big victory for him would be that the US makes a promise that Ukraine will never be part of NATO but the US has said that will never happen and he went into this knowing the US telling him it will never happen so what concerns me is if he went ahead with anyways with a list of concessions he needs and one of them is the one that will never be met then that shows me he might want to go to war because he's the type that his entire image is based on strength and winning and being the big tough guy, and he can't go back to the Russian people and say, well, we didn't get what we want. I literally sent 100,000 troops, which I'm sure is not cheap, to the border of the Ukraine for nothing. And that's, that's, if you're him, uh, any leader that would look terrible. But when you're a leader whose whole image is based on being the big tough guy that the uh, West tiptoes around and your presidency is kind of based on that because the economy is nothing to brag about and your overall GDP is nothing to brag about, then there you go. The other thing I forgot to mention that I was thinking about last night is that this might be... Um, As sick as it sounds, he's former KGB Life is not a big deal to him Like his Soviet forefathers Russia, over the last uh, 10 to 20 years has Really spent a lot of money Of course, money that they should Be spending on other things I mean, all countries are uh, Guilty of that, but Russia takes it to a whole new level uh, If you look at the quality of life over there But they've developed some incredible artillery Systems, laser systems New fighter jets Part of the motive here, if it does go hot, is that they want to show the world what they have. Um, The Ukraine supposedly has a 250,000 person military. I don't, like any of these situations, you don't know, we don't know if 10% or 90% will actually fight or run away if a war does start. Uh, You could make the case with Russia, the artillery system alone that they've developed, if that thing is as powerful as it supposedly is within, you know, 72 hours. The Ukrainians might not even know what hit them. Um, So we, we we don't know. And then there's the Biden part about this. And it'd be so easy to say, well, because they're nuclear power, because they're Russia, because it's Europe, it's not America, it's not all Biden's fault, blah, 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 blah. Give me a break. Give me a break. That's based on the idea that we have no cards to play here. You know, in North Korea, it's actually more complicated than Russia because that's a hermit country with nuclear weapons. Russia is not a hermit country. It's not open as everybody else. But you're dealing with a country that likes to be on the world stage, that a massive percentage of its GDP comes from the selling of natural resources to other countries. So there absolutely is leverage here. As much as I can't stand Barack, the anointed one Obama, even Charles Krauthammer admitted in 2014 and 15, when the Obama administration the US Treasury Department put financial restrictions on Russia sanctions, as did the European countries, that had an effect on the Russians, especially the oligarchs, when their spoiled wives and girlfriends were, you know, uh, not able to spend the money and buy the things they want in property, et cetera, or there was just at least a, it became more cumbersome for them in European countries. That had an effect. We have financial cards we could play, diplomatic cards we can play. And I talk about clandestine cards, too. What I mean by that is this. There are so many things that go behind, behind the scenes in this world as far as the intelligence agencies, special operations forces that none of us know about all James Bond, Tom Clancy type stuff. Maybe the books and movies are exaggerated, but it's based on real events. So there's stuff going behind the scenes we could do. And frankly, I'm sure, like Ronald Reagan, Trump made it very clear that we would do. And the killing of uh, Soleimani, the Iranian general, made it very clear we are very capable and willing to do it, sent a message to Vladimir Putin that under Donald Trump, the taking of Ukraine or invading of Ukraine was completely off the table, period. So do not buy into this left wing mantra that because they have nuclear weapon systems and because Putin is who he is and the Europeans are who they are and Ukraine's kind of backwards and blah, 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 that none of this has to do with Joe Biden. A lot of us warn, and it's a classic example where you're the big, mean, angry wacko in the room if you're a conservative that the Afghanistan debacle would just open the door to all of this. And it has. Because you have to remember, there's China also. That's the other thing. Say a war does break out with Ukraine, it gets messy, involves NATO, involves the U.S., maybe not troops on the ground, but lots of other things. Now you're fully engaged with Russia. What is China doing behind your back while you can't keep an eye on them in the South China Sea with Japan, um, with Australia, the aggression, so we, we we open the door to all this. you know it's I I, I don't put Teddy Roosevelt uh, on a pedestal like a lot of people do, but that whole walk softly and carry a big stick. Uh, that still is human nature. The rest of the world doesn't know about toxic masculinity. They don't know about the new age and everybody is focused on uh, pronouns and genders and climate change and criminals are the victims and the normal people are the bad guys. The, the, the world, life, no one knows about that yet. And So you, you cannot have that map of reality and function, right? You know, when when a Biden type becomes president, you wonder, at least I do, all those tens of thousands of people we pay for, Defense Department, State Department, CIA, immediately we get focused on climate change and um, the crazy stuff, and then you wonder how many people are left flying the plane on what's important that, frankly, we are paying them for. They are paid, you know, when the president takes the oath to pretend... Protect the Constitution of the United States. Not the climate, not the trannies. That is your job. And you are actually protecting the trannies and the climate. If you think about it, if you do your job right, if you're president, because last time I checked, the biggest polluters are China, etc. Countries like that who want our adversaries pollute more than we do. So if they were to take us over when... The climate would be in a worse position. Last time I checked, ISIS, ISIL, whatever you want to call it, radical Islam, jihadist they don't think very highly of men who wear dresses. So the men who wear dresses are the most best, they're the best off when this country is protected and doing what it needs to do. So I I always say a postmodernist can never own a map company because maps are based on the truth. Not your truth, not my truth, not creating truth. Chicago is where it is. New York City is where it is. It's all real. It's all black and white. It doesn't care what your opinions say. So if you create your own map based on your truth and you put Chicago where Dallas is, you're going to have a problem. It's the same with international affairs. If you decide to create a map of your own truth on the world, you're going to have a serious problem. And you're probably, you're going to be, uh, disillusioned. You know how, like, NPR and the liberal outlets so fine go to Palestine and the youth there are so disillusioned compared to what they expected their lives to be at this point, mainly because of American inter- intervention. You will be disillusioned. You will be disillusioned if you create your own map of reality. And that's what is taking place here. Donald Trump, one of the reasons he was elected, one of the reasons you wonder why your you know, little evangelical Christian aunt who doesn't swear and only drinks one glass of wine and teaches Sunday school, and she voted for Trump. Can you believe it? What a hypocrite. I mean, I thought Christianity was about loving puppies and caring about poor people. Can you believe she voted for Trump? Yeah, because she's a student of the truth of human nature, of what we're about. She has a realistic, grounded map of reality. And when a man runs for president, she might not like the package. She might not like some of the things he said. She might not like his lying, which he did do. He might not like some of his tweets. But she knows, whether it's through her faith or her common freaking sense that sometimes you need that guy based on the world that we temporarily live in during our physical lifetime. So, a lot to take in here, but that's the essence of what's taking place. I hope it doesn't go hot, and again, I just hope I'm not caught in myself personally in being a product of my generation where you're 43 years old, you've never seen a massive military buildup like this that's actually gone live, gone hot, thousands and thousands of body bags so we'll hope that doesn't happen but um but even the most knowledgeable people regarding the situation are very concerned right now